Listen, if you've ever worried about a friend, loved one, family member or partner who you think is on the edge of addiction, then this episode is for you. In this latest 115 miles, Josh and I discuss how a light-hearted bit of banter from me led us both to a bit of self-searching and then ultimately some positive action for Josh. We talk about how we're all faced at some time or another feeling helpless around how to tackle a conversation with someone that might be triggering or met with confrontation. We dive into some ways to explore it sensitively and compassionately, whilst also acknowledging that things like projection and judgment may be present and how to deal with that. In this episode, we also discuss who we would have at our dream dinner party, living or dead, famous or not. We had a good laugh at some of the guests and what we'd get up to. The big question for all of you, though, is whose party would you rather be at, mine or Josh's? Come and find us on Insta at 115milespod. And if you like listening to us on Apple, please take a few moments to leave a review. It makes a huge difference. All right, it's now time for the episode. We hope you enjoy it. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Khan. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. Yeah. I'm ready right now. Are you ready, Josh? I'm born ready. For you look, you're looking very new age, like hippie, cool, hipster, lumberjack look today. That's exactly what I am. I am new age. I am cool. I am very... Hippie-ish. Vogue. Do you chop in wood? Vogue. Where's the chopping wood coming lumberjack. from? Lumberjack. Oh, the, what? Because of the hat? Yeah. And the beard. And the beard. I had a shave last night. Oh, I can see. Oh, you missed a few strands. Got it nice and trim now. What's your what's your beard grooming <laughs> technique? <laughs> this is a number nine all over. Is this? Oh, okay. And then I put cream in it at night and oil in it in the morning. Do you balm? Well, the cream that I put in it at night is balm, yeah. 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 Do you use the same uh, stuff on your beard as you use on your hair? No. <laughs> <laughs> then you can just do one fluid movement. No, mate. No. Okay. You're wondering where we're going with this. <laughs> What's the significance of the so necklace? Leah bought me this. Um, and I'm really pleased I didn't take the piss out of it. <laughs> first. You know, I purposely left it to see if you did. Uh, Leah, but we were watching something on telly and somebody was wearing something similar. And I Antiques said, Rocha? I mean- <laughs> What's the what's the really bronzed faced fella? He does something, uh, doesn't he? Uh, David, Dick- David Dick- Dickinson. Dickinson. Yeah. Um, and I said I really like it, so she bought me this. But the stone is, I don't know, mate, it's something to do. It's supposed to be calming for anxiety. Does it work? Yeah, mate. Fucking anxiety is completely gone. Oh, it's disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No. But it's... Do you sell those on your website now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah, no affiliation. It was off an Etsy shop, but I actually really like it. Yeah, yeah it looks good, man. It looks yeah. good. Thanks, mate. I'm a decent looking lad, and I. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's going on? Like, how's your how's your week started? All right, mate. Yeah. What day is it today? <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah. We generally are always in here on a. Just Tuesday. bought a new office chair, mate. Getting problems ergonomic in my, ta- in my ta- tailbone. Yeah. Yeah. Does it does it make a difference? Well, I ain't come yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I bought, when we went into lockdown and that, I bought like a gaming chair so that it looked good on content and that. Yeah. But it's just... Bad. Oh, it's so bad, mate. Yeah. And it's leather. So in the summer... It gets all sweaty, does it? sweaty and that. It's horrible, mate. Yeah. It's fucking... I think it's done my back so bad. Yeah. Have you ever thought about getting a standing desk? No. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to... Okay. (laughs) The end. Move on. Next. Uh, I'm getting a standing desk. What, are you going to get one of those adjustable ones? Yeah. It comes up and down. Yeah. Yeah. They say that sitting is the new smoking. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's that bad for you. Especially what we did through lockdown, you know, and just being at your desk and being at home and sitting and becoming sedentary. Yeah. So, actually, just, um, it's really bad for posture. We're all hunched over. So, yeah, standing desks are all the rage now. Yeah, I, I, like, I have noticed that how, um, 
the impact that sitting down a lot is has on my back. Yeah. When I'm if I have a couple of days at home in the office, yeah, my back goes really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting one of them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna power it up as well. I'm gonna supercharge it. What? How? What? I'm gonna get a desk treadmill as well. Under oh yeah. yeah. Honest. Yeah. Honest, man. Yeah. yeah. Get a grip, mate. We've started off talking about fucking how new age I look, and then we've gone into talking <laughs> proper old man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all new age, mate. All, all right, new. okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm gonna, I was going to start with something else, but I'm going to start with the emotional check-in, and then I'll go on to the other thing. So okay. let's go emotional check-in. How are you doing? Uh, do, do you know what, right? Um, I, I, I sort of consciously knew that I would bring this today. I know I talk about this a lot in emotional check-in, but it's such a big part of my work, social media. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I fucking had a day of it yesterday. I was getting hammered for a post that I put on, hammered. Um, Which post was this? Was this the one about um, reducing uh, the uh, social care costs going down? Not so. Um, no, 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 oh, no, okay. no. This was on Instagram. I talked about... Um, how toxic parents, right? Emotionally abusive, toxic parents and some of the things that they always say, right? Mm. Now they say them in a certain way and the things that they say um, are things that probably all parents at some point have said, yeah? So it triggers a lot of people because- Like what? Like after everything I've done for you, I raised you, those kind of things, yeah? yeah? Which I think like in a, in a heated moment, a lot of parents say. Yeah. Uh, and so it triggers a lot of people. Yeah. And instead of thinking, why is this triggering me? and noticing the, our own toxicity that we all have within us. We all yeah. have a shadow self, right? Yeah. They sort of attack you. So it went, it sort of did 150 odd thousand views in overnight. So I went to bed and then when I woke up in the morning, it's just fucking... Now, the problem is, yeah, is that you get like um, hundreds and hundreds of comments of people just thanking you. But for some reason, now, most of the time, I can ignore them, right? And you just see the good and you realize. But some days, like yesterday, I just fucking couldn't see any of the good comments. Right. All I could see was the bad ones. Not just the bad ones, even people that were sensibly, and that's, this is where it gets a bit of a problem, because the people that were just sensibly disagreeing with me, I treat them as if they're the same as the people that are saying, you know, some people are calling me, you keep talking about narcissists, you fucking clearly are one, and you're just trying to scam money out of people. You get all of that shit. But then you start commenting in answering the comments that are just genuine, curious, curious and sort of inquisitive. You 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 answer them in the same way that you do as the pro that's just called you a so, narcissist. So let me money let money. me ask you something because I think this is a really interesting topic. Because you said yesterday you you couldn't see all the good. You were just sort of it's almost like the matrix. Only the bad ones were coming out. What I was seeing them all. Yeah, I no. What I mean, yeah, no, you couldn't you couldn't register. I couldn't them. register yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. So what was going on with you yesterday? So uh, I I did my I had my community space that we did online and I talked about it in there. And the kind of conclusion that I come to is that um, I don't care what anybody says, but people in the line of work that I do, we, there are still very often times when we're seeking validation from what we post. Sometimes I will post something that is about healing and all of that. And it's no different to somebody who posts a, washboard picture of their washboard abs and waits for the likes. I just post something that's of healing nature and I wait for the likes, mm -hmm. yeah? And I think so what had happened is um, on this particular day, I've opened my phone ready to get validation. From the post that you from the post yeah. from anything it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like I posted last night and I let's get some validation. so you weren't hoping that that post that specifically that was going to land well and everything that I post you're hoping that it lands well you're yeah. hoping that it pops off there's you yeah. know you have to be completely honest about that that's why you post on social media yeah. um, but it wasn't that there was nothing about the post in specific it was that day I was opening my phone and I was seeking validation and perhaps the first three or four comments that I saw were the opposite. And so if you're not seeking validation and you're just going on there and you're like, I'm in my work, this is what I do, da -da, then you don't care. You, you, you actually find some of them quite funny, yeah? But on a day like yesterday, see, it's all about, my, it's all about myself in that moment. Uh, I was clearly, what I recognized is I was seeking not just validation, but love and like wanting to be wanted and needed and all of that. Mm -hmm. that they're like my core wounds anyway. Do you know what? I... I, I you clearly weren't wearing your necklace yesterday when you woke up. <laughs> exactly. You would have been totally different. So by the end of the day, I put my necklace yeah. on and it was all just gone. Yeah, <laughs> it just disappeared. Like, 
poof, like but, magic. But just to, to, to kind of summarise the point, because there's no point in spending too much time on it, because, uh, you know, it just depends what day it is. It does make me realise, before I had a platform and a sort of growing uh, audience, I used to just think if I heard people, celebrities and that, talking about abuse that they got online, I genuinely used to just think, what, like, why don't you just fucking ignore it? Like, just ignore it. Like, you're doing amazing. Why do you care about all the haters? And on a good, balanced day, that is exactly what you think. But everybody has their days, you know? And especially when people attack your character, because, like, it does make you... You know, one guy was like, you're a fucking narcissist. Clearly, you're a narcissist. You're one of these narcissists that talk about everyone being a narcissist. Um, and all you care about is profiting off of people. He's right, you know. <laughs> Buy my necklace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it, but it does make you fucking like, it does make me, it makes you go like, you look at yourself and you think, fuck man, am I? Should I be doing this? And then you get people that like, it's people like you that are ruining this society, just making kids cut off their parents and stuff like that. And then you're like, fuck, man. And you know something, like, back for normal people who don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of uh, followers. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, there's relativity to that, right? Because you sort of, um, you know, sometimes when you're feeling in a particular way or you're needing something uh, in terms of dopamine or some sort of, you want to be liked, right? And, yeah. um, and if it doesn't come your way or if you're, if you're attracting negative attention... Uh, for it, it, it really does impact you, right? But I think it's what, I, what I'm sensing is that there was probably something that led you to that place first. So when you first got into it, you, you had already primed yourself for wanting it to be a particular way. And so when it comes out the other way, um, you have to try and, you know, react to that. Yeah, and I think like, you know, when you talk about dopamine hits and what it does for you and all stuff like that, like if you, if you think about what, how you might use social media when you don't have a massive following and you're using it to numb out and get out. Imagine that like most days when you open it, and this is just the reality, most days when I open it, it's just fucking loads of love in there. There's loads of people telling me like really nice things and a lot of love, right? And mm. it's, it's nice, but it's fucking it's addictive as well. Mm. And so you, like, you, it's not easy, man. It's not mm. easy. And then like you do have to check yourself because if you're not careful, you do start, you know, social media pushes things that are a bit provocative and a bit polarized, all of the things that I don't really like, yeah? But if you're not careful, you do find yourself really just pulling yeah. on that. Well, do you remember the, we talked a, a bit around the Johan Hari book, Stolen Focus, and he yeah. talks about, you know, when, say, two girls are at a party, when one who says, oh, it was a nice party and we had a good time and everything, everything was cool, that no one really is interested in that. Whereas if some one of the girls said, oh yeah, I went to this party and it was a major fight and X kind of um, had a fight with Y yeah. and there was blood and police got called and everything, you just, everyone goes there. That's, yeah. what, that's what they get pulled to. The attention gets pulled to that, which is why the algorithms work that way. Yeah, and it's hard not to get pulled in by the algorithms, right? So you do have to constantly check yourself. Like there is that side of it. But... But yeah, man. And then it it really drags you in and you're in this spiral. And then what I find, I'm fucking answering them all. Yeah. I'm like messaging them all back. But there's there's two things going on for you, I imagine, which is like there's sort of you getting pulled into this conversation, but there's probably somewhere in your orbit going, oh, let my, the rest of my audience need me to not, you know, they need me to show up in a particular way now because this is going on. Well, then, and th but then you get in this spiral then, because then you start thinking, everyone can see that I'm just fucking answering all these people that are like, and, I, and then I just look like I can't have anybody have a difference yeah. of opinion, which yeah. yesterday was fucking true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yesterday, I couldn't handle anybody having a difference of opinion to yeah. me, you know? Yeah. And then people only see you as you show up in the day. Yeah. Yeah, and so then you're in this, oh my God, everybody now thinks, yeah. every and then that part of you's going, now everybody sees you for what you truly are. Yeah. You're getting found out now, yeah? Because you've always got that. So your inner voices are just yeah. like going off. Yeah. Like, like so then you spiral. Fireworks. But luckily, yeah. and this is why community spaces are so good. I had a morning session with the com my community with Breathing Space, shared about it, was witnessed in it. And then you like, you know, you move through it and you come back yeah. down to earth and you think, no, you know, people care too much about themselves. But it is mental how many, I was looking at a comment on the way here this morning and I'm not in that space today. So like, I can just find it a bit funny. And there's somebody on there that's commented on it and they're like, what I hate about this bloke, right? That's what they refer to me, commenting on my stuff. What I hate about this bloke is all he does is just moans about how horrible his parents are. And I'm not talking about my own parents for a start. Um, every time one of his videos shows up, I'm just disgusted with him, right? And then you like click on her and she's following me. 
And you think, why are you fucking following me? Do you know what? It's just weird, man. It's the weird dopamine hitting it. Was, she, she, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's drawn, yeah. It's drawn, so, some part of her's drawn to it. Anyway. That's so, where I'm at. So where I'm emotionally is yesterday, I saw this narcissistic beardy, yeah. <laughs> bearded <laughs> yeah, man prick on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, mate, it really annoyed me. No, um, do you know, I think uh, the last time we spoke, I was coming out of a tough week and I was feeling, you know, I was feeling pretty, I wouldn't say burnt. It was very early, but I was just feeling the, 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 the weight of the world, I guess, uh, yeah. on my shoulders. And it's all relative. I mean, it was all very manageable, but I was feeling quite heavy. And actually, I think I'm, I just, you know, when you are feeling in a particular place and then you get like some green shoots and you get some possibility and you get, you get some momentum. I think I had a bit of that um, last week. So I would say I'm sort of feeling really in, in good energy and um, I feel really hopeful, you know, even though it's quite... Um, ambiguous like you know and yeah. uncertain the, the the world that we're sort of heading into this year i actually feel pretty grounded and really really cool and like the analogy i came up with yesterday is even um even without uh, all the answers right if you've got a strong core yeah then you can do whatever and actually I got, it made me think about like when you're doing physical work like everything kind of stems from a really strong core doesn't it right yeah. your ability to do push-ups or squats or whatever it all c kind of comes from a strong core and building up that core and that sort of almost uh, effervesces out to the rest of your body and your mind and uh, I was thinking as long as you've got an incredible circle around you for some people that's just their partner or it might be their family it might be their friends it mm -hmm. might be the people they work with uh, for, for, for me it's my team uh, certainly in the work context if you feel like you've got a really strong core there's there's a lot of possibility. There's yeah. a lot of hope. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people that you know. You don't have to think. Oh, I've got to do this all myself. You've you've got like other people around you. So that's kind of where I'm at the moment. It's, yeah, it's like good feeling, hopeful. Yeah, it's good, man. And and what came into my mind, I don't know who I've heard say it before, but like the when you go through those tricky times, and when you're building anything, this you go through. It's like it's like up and down, isn't it? Right. It's always like that. But I do think that the most fertile ground for people like us is when you've just been through that hardship because mm. that's when you get them green shoots and it's those things that like motivate you to go on further yeah definitely <sighs> so we're gonna play a little game now yeah mate i'm happy with this game <laughs> uh it's it it's um we, we, you're gonna be hosting a dinner party who's going first you are all right i want you to go first i'm gonna hear yours first no you're going first all right. it's my week okay I'm the <laughs> boss. my rules um so you're hosting a dinner party, yeah, right? You can have uh, uh, guests that are living or dead, yeah? yeah. So you know they don't have to be currently alive, um, famous or not famous, like whoever whoever you want in 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 the in the room with you, right? Uh, and so I'd love to know um, some of the people that you would yeah. invite to your dinner party. So so you asked me for a theme. Yeah, I'm going to come to the theme, oh. but do you, would you want to just go I with the theme? I want to start with the theme. All right, okay, it's, yeah, so I also asked, all right, let's 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 lay out the ground rules. I also said, what might the theme be of your party and what uh, sort of discussion topics might be yeah. and what food is going to be right. served, yeah? So it's called, the party's called What's It All About? Are oh, you giving it a name? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to come up with a name. Yeah, What's okay. It All About? Okay. Question mark. Oh, I could. I ascertained that that yeah. was a question. So at the head of the table is obviously one guess. I'll give you one guess. At the head of the table. Leah. No. <laughs> I haven't invited her. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say. Ga Gabor rules. Mate. Oh, doctor. So Dr. Gabor Mate is at the head of the table. And then this is. Is the he slightly elevated as this, well? Yeah. Yeah. This, he's like, he's in charge. He's like orchestrating. Boss man. Yeah. He calls the waiter to bring out the food. When he's ready for oh, the Oh, is he one. the one that tastes the wine? Like, yeah. Just to make sure it's the right wine before yeah. everyone else gets to have it. So he's at the head of the table. Then I've got two comedians, Ricky Gervais and Lee Evans. Oh, I was going to have Ricky Gervais. Lee Evans, okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Two slightly different comedians. Yeah. yeah. Different styles. Yeah. yeah. And then I've got, and I've just gone to town on these, uh, Sid Vicious. Oh, yeah, okay. He'd be a good crack. Yeah. Eric Cantona. I was going to put Eric Cantona. <laughs> Maradona. Okay. Kurt Cobain, Bob Marley, and Tupac. Oh, I got Tupac. You got Tupac yeah. in there. Yeah. Well, he's coming to mine, so he'd pick me over yours. So, so I got bigger. No body. women. No women. No. So 
I was going to put Amy Winehouse in there, but then I thought she ain't going to want to come when there's like nine nine of us blokes there. So it's like a it's a men's group, is it? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Good. it is. So what's the uh, what's the discussion topic? Well, this, I'm going to tell you what food. Okay, we're let's, go, let's go. Let's go. I'm going to tell you what food. No, we're hang on. Before we go in there, okay, tell us what food you're going to have. We're going to start with hash cakes, <laughs> right? Okay. That's the starter. And then for mains, we're going to have magic mushroom stroganoff. Oh, mate. And then the pudding is tiramisu laced with acid. And it's called What's It All About? Because me, Gabor Mate, Ricky Gervais, Lee Evans, Sid Vicious, Eric Cantona, Maradona, Kirk Cobain, Bob Marley and Tupac are going to get absolutely psychedelic tripped out of our nut and have a massive conversation about what life's all about. That's a fucking good night. Oh, mate. Just to be clear, well, I, I don't do invite. drugs. Do I not get an invite? No, mate. No. I don't qualify you're, to be at that too table. too surface level. <laughs> <laughs> you narcissist. Um, okay. All right. That's good, isn't it? That is good. I was, I was thinking about this on the train here and I just thought, you know, if I had one dream, one wish of how I was going to bow out of life, that it would be that night. That would be good, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be good, mate. Do you think Kurt Cobain would be fun? Um, I reckon he probably would. Yeah. Yeah. At, at this particular party, yeah, we'd all be fun because we're going to bring our best. Because you, you'd be you'd be layering psychedelics. It's not just like you oh, probably yeah. just eat mushrooms, but to do mushrooms and then. Oh, I've it. done it before, mate. It's... <laughs> <laughs> wow. A red infestor. Oh, did you? Uh, <laughs> I want to hear about that part. <laughs> but you didn't eat any I dinner. I was walking along um, the campsite at Reading Festival. and people, who, was, who was headlining? Do you remember? Like, was it a 50 Cent and everybody threw bottles of wee at him. Uh, so he was one of the head. The streets it, were there. Okay. I um, bet they went down a bit better. Oh, they, yeah. They were class. I can't remember who else. They're white though, isn't it? Mainly. So. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why. That's why, yeah. But I was walking through the campsite and people's faces were like falling off of their bodies and coming right over to my face and then disintegrating. Wow. And I was just bowling about on my own. Do you remember Glastonbury when there was all the uproar when uh, Jay-Z headlined it? Like, yeah, I do, I do, yeah. The festival used to be like, oh, it should just be... It was only... Guitar-based music. Yeah, 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 yeah of course, and, yeah. And, and Reading was probably one of the main sort of... Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you did you see Radiohead ninety seven? Is it ninety seven when they did Reading? I think they did. I'm not that old. Epic. How old were you then? About six. Nine. Yeah. All right. I'll my dinner party. Don't have a name for it. All right. This is your fucking week, and I've come. I've done don't it. Don't need a name. All right. The best ones don't need a name. Okay. They just are. All right. Yeah. So my guests. Yeah. Stop looking. Sorry, mate. Ah, <laughs> uh, Tupac and Biggie. Oh, both of them. Both. Yeah. I want to find out what really went down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why were they beefing when they were best friends? Yeah. Do you know why? No. Do you? I think uh, Tupac slept with Biggie's wife. Did he? Yeah. Apparently he slept with Faith Evans and there was a rumor and it just kind of escalated from there. And that's why they ended up... Oh, okay. Never knew that. I don't know that for a fact, but I, was I know that say, was one of the things. It's mad that you know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is he dead though, Tupac? Is he? No, they're both alive. They keep getting spotted in like remote yeah. Hawaiian yeah. islands. They're going to come back and headline Glastonbury next, yeah. next year. I'll go and throw piss at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Penelope Cruz from around the early 2000s. I don't know who that is. She's an actress, a Spanish okay. actress. Right. I had a major crush on her in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. Uh, Erin knows about this. Okay. Yeah. I'd leave... My family is she, do you have that one celebrity that you're allowed to, is She's it? She's probably her, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was in a movie called Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise and that was yeah. All right. Still one of my favourites. Yeah, I know you don't, you don't know. Kevin Hart. Yeah, okay. He just gives me belly laughs, man. Yeah. Kevin Hart is just, he just looks like he's fun. You know, you're really limiting your chances with Penelope Cruz here already. You've got Tupac Biggie it's, and Kevin Hart there. It's me though, isn't it? She, Do you know who's at the head of my table? She's not smooching up with you at this you know, table, she, mate. She would be. Do you know, because imagine the kind of person you are to be able to bring this kind of people to your dinner party. Okay, though. yeah. And do you know who's at the head of my table? Who? Me. Okay. You're a melt. <laughs> putting someone else at the head of your own dinner party table. Yeah, okay. Right. Do you know who comes next? Who? Liz Truss. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, just yeah. for the roasting. Yeah, after yeah, the yeah. Yeah, just want to make someone feel really uncomfortable yeah. at the dinner party yeah. and excluded. Yeah, just to bully them. Yeah. You're going to bring and a I lady thought, to And I thought him. a little late entrant... Oh, yeah. huh? You're going to bring a lady. At least I bring some him. women to my party. <laughs> you I was going to bring Rishi Sunak just so I could beat him up. <laughs> Racist. All right. And then I throw a little bit of Trump in just to, you know, just to... You know when, you're, when the evening's maybe starting to just fade a little bit, just a little bit of energy just to come in. So Trump comes in for the roasting as well. Do you know who else I bring in? Who? Darren Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's bit. good. Yeah. I bought David Blaine, Darren Brown, David Copperfield, Dynamo. But yeah, Darren Brown is. Okay, mess with I like the Darren mind. Brown one. So you would take psychedelics and drugs to mess with your head. I'd just bring Darren Brown in. Yeah, no, it's a good shout. Yeah. It's a good shout, yeah. So you'd have Liz Truss shacked up in the corner with Donald Trump. Yeah. And Penelope Cruz would be shacked up with Tupac, and you'd be like in the, in the background singing. I'd be like, Darren. This is my party. Der Everybody yeah. get back yeah. down. I'd be like, Darren, will you please like make. Penelope Cruz <laughs> fall in love with me. <laughs> um, Amy Winehouse. Oh, you are bringing her. Oh, she'd just be so much fun. Yeah. And plus, I've got women here, so like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's a bit more balanced. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Hang on a minute. What? Don't take moral high ground that you've got women at yours. You've brought one of them to bully them, and the other one's <laughs> got onto her. <laughs> yeah. You fucking bigger. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. But Amy Winehouse, brilliant. Um, um, I bring Barack and Michelle Obama. Oh, both of them, yeah. Yeah, both. I think. And if you made me choose between an Obama, I'd probably go for Michelle. Yeah. She seems more interesting. Yeah. He's cool, but she's interesting. She's pulling all the strings as well, like yeah. as in, yeah. like she's the real yeah. powerhouse there. Yeah. yeah, I agree. How uh, big's your fucking table, mate? Massive. Yeah, because right. I'm the King Don. Yeah, right. um, Fleetwood Mac from the Circa Rumors. Okay, yeah, just just brilliant album. Yeah, get, get, I'll put, have a little acoustic setup going on. I watched a playing. documentary on Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, good. Yeah, very. I'm just incredible. talking about my dinner party. Sorry, mate. Yeah, Prince, Prince. Yeah, just Prince. Fucking everyone's yeah. coming in there. You yeah. got any more? I'm, I'm very. Got? Yeah, I got one more. Okay, Serena Williams. Okay, just. You're like, you're like, why Serena Williams? Like, that's what that, Do you know why? Because I feel like everyone needed a bit of inspiration. I think Serena Williams is just inspiring. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But can she let her hair down when she's not on the court? That's what I want to know. Can yeah. she, can she chill? She would at my party because there's so many drugs there. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you have a very exclusive, non-inclusive party. So my, my theme would be 70s funk. <laughs> Got a bit of parliament going down, you know, atomic dog, George Clinton, that shit going down. And you know what my food would be? Go on. Not drug laced. <laughs> I'm sort of regretting that now, but I can't go wrong with fried chicken. Just fried chicken. Just like everyone, yeah. And, and accompaniments. And accompaniments. Just buckets. Fried chicken in buckets. I ain't talking about KFC fried chicken. Oh, okay. Just like good quality fried chicken good quality fried chicken why are you just repeating everything i say <laughs> yeah so that's what will go down but with the, the the sides are important as well so i think we should definitely ask the listeners to like message us and just let us know whose party they'd rather be at yes do that on insta yeah yeah we will or why don't we have a mega party and just throw them all together <laughs> yeah no i don't want your lot of mine Oh, yeah, sorry, there's women there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. All right, yeah. We won't be able to put it out on Insta because you've got so many guests, I won't be able to squeeze it into a reel. <laughs> a really lame problem to have to deal with. We'd probably get like a, you know, a videographer and do it properly, right? What? What, the parties? You'd film yeah. the parties? Yeah. You mean, yeah. 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 That was fun, wasn't it? It was good, yeah. My party is better. I don't know. Whose party would you rather be at? Yeah. Oh, fuck. There you go, mate. Sorry, you lose. No, right, it was one nil, mate. Wait till we put it out on Insta. Okay. Yeah, but you've got a bigger following and like you've been talking about it. I'm well, gonna, I hope all the ones that hate you, <laughs> I'm going to go and find them. I'm going to say, you know, this guy that you hate, he's saying he'd have this sort of a party. You hate him, don't you? Come on. Come and share some love. Um, cool. Right. So this next section is called I Needed to Hear It. Mm. You know what this is about? 
Uh, why don't you enlighten me? Yeah, you do know what it's about. So um, we on our first podcast. Yeah. After the Christmas break. Yeah. We were just warming up as we do, just saying hello to each other. And I did the oddest thing, didn't I? For a bit of context, we do overly take the piss out of each other when we get to the podcast studio before we start. Yeah. Because we are warming up. Yeah. So I do think that context is important. It is. We do like push our boundaries of taking the piss out of each other on purpose because we're warming up for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And actually we hadn't, yeah, we hadn't seen each other. We were just catching up. It was nice to see each other after the break. But, um, just as we were sort of about to sit down, I went and patted you on your belly. Yeah. Which is a bit weird anyway, because <laughs> I've never touched your belly. Um, and I was kind of pointing to the fact that I, I noticed a bit of a gut. Yeah. And then you- It was there. It was there. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something along the lines of, right, mate, that's not, something along the lines of, oh, that's not going to do my inner critics very very good or something like that i can't remember what yeah one of the words but something along those lines yeah yeah i immediately felt like shit yeah because i realized what had happened there but also just like what i had done which was sort of projected something that uh was kind of nothing into something you know and it made it into a bigger thing and i spent all day thinking about it and yeah. how shit i felt but then you told me that you'd sort of mentioned it to your wife later on in the night and I just felt really crap. Um, so yeah, let's leave it there first and just kind of you give your version of that. No, so it was that. So I knew over Christmas, I had got myself since just before Christmas when I, you know, I broke up for Christmas 16th of December. So we, we're talking about, I don't know, it was second week of January, right? Yeah. So I'd been off on a binge in thing for a month, right? Yeah. So to be clear, we're not talking about a little bit too much on Christmas Day. Yeah. Like I got I got food problems, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and so I'd been on a binge of really overeating. I felt... Which overweight. I didn't know, did I? Really? No, you didn't know. Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't know any of that. I wasn't openly I? talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I, I felt, you know, I felt tighter in my clothes. I had put weight on and I didn't feel very good about myself. But I couldn't get out of that rut, that cycle. I was back in that cycle and I couldn't get out of the rut of eating it. Um, and so when you said it, uh, it just fucking landed badly yeah, in my sorry, mind. Sorry, mate. I still f I feel uh, bad bringing it up no, now. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, that's why I gave the context at yeah. the beginning because yeah. I, 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 like it's everything to do with what was going on in my mind at the time. Um, so yeah, I, like, and this is how my mind works. I and this isn't a dig at you, but just to be so the people can get an understanding of what happens. I couldn't wear the t-shirt that I was wearing again for a bit, like, because I thought, oh my God, it obviously makes me look fat. Oh. Uh, I felt I looked really fat. I couldn't look at the content from that day because I thought I looked fat and sweaty. Do you want me to go further with where it led? Not yet, not, yet, not yet, not yet. So yeah, that's what I experienced from that one, that one comment. Of course, I didn't sh show any of that to the outside world. I would speak to Leah about it. Yeah, but. no, and I think the minute you said it, was the minute I, or you know that Instagram uh, thing, the the moment that was the moment he knew he fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. it. I felt it, and um, I realised something though in that I would, in that moment, I would hate for that to happen to me, even if it was in joke yeah. mode. Um, you know, I I was trying to think back as to why why did I I don't I don't normally do stuff like that. I would never ever do any of that sort of stuff. Even if I noticed if someone's had a go, I wouldn't like um, uh, put on a bit way. I wouldn't do that. So I don't know why I did it. And in getting ready for today, I really I I I think I wanted to explore something really, which is I had been on, you know this right? I've been I almost I feel like I've turned a corner yeah. on my own. Yeah, yeah. Health journey. A lot of it is around what we talked about last time, around really understanding childhood and connection with food as a child and how I respond to that as an adult. And I've really started to um, make a difference around it. So I've been doing intermittent fasting. I've been, you know, like working out, walking 10,000 steps. So, and coming out of Christmas, I was feeling particularly proud that I got straight back on it quite early in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so subconsciously, I almost feel like I walked in feeling a bit uh, self-confident yeah. around it. Mm -mm. And it wasn't like, oh, I feel really, I just think it just, it, I was in a different mindset around it. So, and I just, and, and I think uh, just to be really like, 
honest, I think that's what was going on a little bit. You know, I was like, oh, I was feeling really good about what I was doing, but I, not against you. I was just, it was more around me than it was about you. Yeah, look, what I think happened, having spoke to you about it, right, is, um, and this is why you shouldn't be too harsh on yourself. I, what I'm hearing, what the way that I understand it is that banter is banter, right? So normally you kind of only dish, if you're a nice person, you only dish out what you could handle, right? I yeah. would never say anything to you that I think would be hurtful. Yeah. I would only ever say things to you that I think is comedic value. And if you're in a space where weight's completely not an issue for you, yeah. you're not, it, it's not gonna, you know what I mean? You're not gonna cringe at yourself and think, oh, I shouldn't say that. So you've just said it. Yeah. And then the moment you kind of sense the reaction, yeah. then it's like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said it. So yeah. it wasn't that you were like being even cocky and arrogant. It was yeah. just, you were in such a headspace where the idea that that being affected you yeah. was so far away. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, think, definitely. Yeah. In fact, it just makes me think on Friday, I was sitting in the office with John and it's, it's, um, it's, it's no uh, mystery to anyone that's close to me to know that my, my, the crown of my head is thinning out. And I said something like, oh, it definitely grows thicker in the summer because <laughs> like, it gets more sun. <laughs> and he absolutely just started pissing himself and he just couldn't, he couldn't help it and he just couldn't stop. And I just thought it was the funniest moment because we were just both in it together. Like yeah. I didn't, I, I know it, so it's quite funny. So then even just hearing me going, oh, it grows thicker in the summer because of yeah, the sun. Yeah, yeah. It was quite a funny moment. So yeah, if you can, f yeah. And maybe that was what was going on a little bit, you know, just feeling like you can. And, and like I say, we, we we always, we're up in the banter when we're trying yeah. to warm up and it's the morning and we're trying yeah. to get into the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So, but but actually, I, I'm, I'm curious as, I think it's good for the listeners to hear where you went with it. Yeah, well, this is what, like I said to you, we didn't, like, I don't think we properly talked about it until I'd gone into the good place. And the reality is, is that I'd been self-shaming for a month, mm. right? Since, you know, since I was got myself in this cycle and the self-shaming was just perpetuating the problem. But the moment that you said that, and I realized that you could see it, uh, it was the catalyst for change. And so it's been a month since then and like, all the extra weight that I put on's gone. Mm. Uh, I've got rid of I've got rid of it in you know as healthy a way as 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 I normally would. I'm back on it. I'm my eating's in a very good place. Uh, I'm in a good relationship with food. And as somebody that like has a, a a difficult relationship with food and never wants to go too far down that rabbit hole that that I feel like I can't pull myself out of, I actually see that there was a real positive in what you said. It was painful enough, painful enough? It was a big enough shock to the system to create the change that I needed to create. Um, and so in some ways, it's it's always funny with food because like we said, you know, if it was like smoking or drinking and you was like, mate, your fucking drinking's getting out of hand or like you're drinking, like you're drinking stupid or you're smoking stupid. Any, like those kind of things, then you're instantly, you'd be recognized as a good friend, I think, and saying the right thing. But it's this strange thing with food, isn't it? Where food and weight is such a personal, yeah, yeah, such a personal journey. And it's not an easy one for a lot of people. And, and it's I, different for everyone as yeah, well. Yeah, it's very it's different. Yeah, exactly. It's very different. And I think it just, feels like a taboo place to go. And what what em emerged out of it is that it was it was banter. We do like piss about with each other, but it it connected you to something and then it had for you it had a it had a kind of an effect that led to some change for you, which is what positive, you, good yeah. change. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I could go back again, I don't think I'd do it. Do you even think, even with that, I like I I I don't think I would do it. Cause do you think you'd tell me? No. Would Would you say, Josh, mate? Like, no. uh, are you struggling with your food again? No. No. Would you even mention it? No. So knowing that the the, the kind of struggle that I was in with it, and I, this is the new. I would. I would. I, yes. I wouldn't go. I still wouldn't feel comfortable going direct. And I think a lot. It's a bit like. You know, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, that sort of thing. Because I feel like, I feel like it would be a difficult place for me personally to go into that because I'm still on my own journey, right? And knowing what I know, I still probably wouldn't go, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it like that way. If I did feel like I needed to 
um, have a chat with you, I'd probably just do, sort of put my coach hat on, right? And not coach you, but I, I'd almost go, what's going on? You know, what's create showing up? Space create me, the yeah. space for you to kind of come into it yourself. Because yeah. otherwise, this, and we'll come on to this, it's a bit like, oh, I'm observing you through my eyes, therefore I'm putting loads of projections. We talked about this kind of off air for a, uh, a minute. It's like there's laced with judgment, right? Whether it's good intentioned or not good intentioned, there's sort of ju some judgment there. So with all of that in mind, I almost like, are you ready to hear me or am I, am I trying to be heard? Yeah. And that's like where you get into the tricky point of it. But like the flip side of that is, is that when I look at any positive change, nearly all of my positive changes in terms of like personal health, personal well-being, all of the positive changes that I've made in my life have been born out of negative experiences or yeah out of yeah. negative experiences right yeah. so but so so the solution isn't always to just blindly make everything acceptable do you understand yeah so like when i look at when i quit drinking for example you know um i think consequences catching up with me was one of the big drivers in creating change you know when i started to realize I ain't going to be able to see my kids if I carry on like this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, it, it, it's it's such a tricky one because you'd have to create you'd have to create a space. Like on that morning, if you'd have come up to me and said, "Josh, mate, are you having trouble with your eating again?" I think I'd be like, "The fuck are you, mate?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I think, but I, I also don't know if creating the space for me. If I'm being bluntly honest, I also don't know if creating the space for me would be enough because I'd need that knee jerk. Do you, do you understand? That yeah. thing that kicked, that, yeah. you know, so maybe it would be like buying me a latte and going, it's a skinny one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be passive aggressive <laughs> about it. Yeah. But, you know, like, I think the, the thing that really stuck out for me and made me personally be able to move on from it, because I was still feeling really shit about it because... I think it was because I just projected something, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with that. So I didn't feel great about it. But then you said I needed to hear it. For you, that you needed to hear it. Yeah. And that then led to positive transformation for you. Yeah. And where that sort of took me on a, because I, you know, I often kind of, you know, spend time thinking about um, what, what our conversations mean in a wider context. I started to then think about, you know, as friends, as loved ones, as family members, as parents, yeah, um, you know, where we care for people, we often find ourselves worrying about people through overconsumption or through going down the pathway. Um, a lot of it is through our unique individual lens. Um, and we don't, we don't, sometimes, you know, the other side of the party needs to hear it. Mm. But we stop ourselves because we think, oh, it's you know, we're we're British anyway, so we you know, it's a bit you know, for, yeah. those, for those of our listeners who are British. But you know, it's almost like the norms and not crossing kind of the the norms or not you know, stepping past your comfort zone and into that vulnerable space, um, being worried about feeling like you're, um, you know, overstepping a mark or grabbing at something that isn't your space. Um, so you, you, so you retreat and you stay away from it. Mm. And, and it came up for me, I was talking to a friend who's, um, um, who's really, really worried about um, a friend of his who's drinking, mm. like really thinks that his friend has a problem, mm. um, can point to anecdotes and stories of, you know, that, that friend just doing kind of beyond normal things around drink, right? So really lashing it down before you go out. By the time everyone's there and just getting warmed up, this person's paralytic and yeah, yeah, there's yeah. sort of other moments like that, but always holding it together, functioning, but, you know, really worried. So in a situation like that, and we were talking about, well, you know, like as a friend, what do you do? Do you mm -hmm. just like let it be? And I think what we're talking about was just admiring the problem or being complicit in it in your circle and almost going, okay, you sort of talk about that person, but not to that person. And I know many of our listeners will have some element of that within their lives. So I'm just, I wanted to just sort of dig into that a little bit. You know, it's, it, it, it's such a, let's first off start by saying that addiction exists because it's so complex, right? And yeah. if it wasn't as complex as yeah. it is, then it wouldn't be addiction. Yeah. Right? You'd say to somebody, here, look, 
look look at the output, look at your input of alcohol and look at the problems it's creating and yeah. then everyone would see it clearly and stop. Take the example that you've given of your mate uh, and his friend. If, if he was to approach your friend and say, come on mate, I think your drinking's getting a problem, right? I, I, I look back to where I was when I was protective over the way that I drank. I'd think, all right, then you're a problem. If you're highlighting and holding up a mirror to how bad my drinking is, you're a problem and I'm not gonna go out with you anymore. Yep. Okay, so I, I, I don't think that's necessarily an option if I'm protecting it. You know, that again, that's slightly different. If you look at the, um, the thing that you said with the food, the big difference between that is that I have a level of self-awareness in my life today where I can see the pain, work my way through the pain, and then go, what's my body telling me and where do I go? There's a certain, you know, I'm not actually fully in addiction for the very fact that I can do that. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's different if you've got somebody that's trapped in it. So I think a level of honesty and, um, you know, I talk a lot about compassion and consequence should coexist and can yeah. coexist. Yeah. I think sometimes the best option that you can do is uh, like one show what healthy boundaries and looking after yourself looks like, right? And two, you do that by showing somebody the consequence. So if you were drinking too much and we were going out regularly and I felt your drinking was getting really bad, rather than going to you, I think your drinking's getting really bad, I might say, Hass, I love you, man, right? And I really, really would miss you if you didn't come out with us as a group. But to be honest, your drinking's at the stage and at the point where it's not fun to be around. And so if you're gonna continue to drink in the way that you do, I don't really wanna spend the evenings with you because it's just too problematic now. And you see there's a level of compassion in there and there's t me telling you, now I don't think you'd go fucking out, all right, I need to stop drinking. I think you'd probably, your first reaction would be, how dare he come to me and say that? Break down the psychology of that. Cause actually the, what, what, what you said earlier was if you go steaming in, yeah. excuse the pun, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, that person will go, oh, this person, you know, matey boy's a problem. I'm just not gonna be around him anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. And what you've done there is almost say the opposite, which is I love you, I love it when you're out with us, but actually the drinking's become a problem and I don't wanna be around it. What's the psychology of that? So look, the difference is, is that going in and saying, Hass, I think you've got a problem with drinking, mate, you need to sort it out. It's all about you and I'm making a judgment. I'm telling you, I know everything. Yeah. yeah. The other way is going in and saying, listen, you like, you drink how you want to drink. I'm not here to make a judgment on how you drink. However, it's the impact. The way that I'm experiencing your drinking, yeah, it's not fun for me, and I don't want to yeah. be around you when you do it. Yeah. How do you think? I mean, look. Let's just you know state the fact there is no one size fits all. You can't take this and go, okay, this is going to work for every situation and everyone who is drinking too much, right? But what um, what do we think the impact of a conversation like that might be on somebody who is? drinking excessively to a point of it could be hit tipping into destruction. Well, the first thing that they're going to think is who the fuck, how dare you? Cause you protect your addiction at all costs. Yeah. Right? And it's not a conscious thought like fucking hell, I can't listen to him. He's exposing my drinking, right? You're in denial. And the worst thing about being in denial is you don't know you're in denial, right? How right. dare you? There's fucking nothing wrong with my drinking. Yeah. Right. But ultimately, um, I would then step back from you and your drinking, right? And I wouldn't go out with you, right? And I'd love you from afar and, you know, I might drop you a note and say, mate, I'm here. Like, you know, I haven't got a problem with you. I love you. I can be around you. It's just when you're drinking, I can't be around you. Okay. Right? Let, let me ask you um, a build on that. What if you're actually fun to be around when you're drinking a lot? So what if you're not, not fun? What if you're like, good time, good time, Eddie? Well, then the, the conversation is slightly different and it's has, you're not, you might, you're not a massive problem when you drink, but I can't, I can't stand around and watch you self-destruct in this way. I know it's all a show. I've sensed that there's, I sense there's something deeper going on and the way that I'm experiencing it is, is I can't watch you do this and I can't be around you when you're drinking in that way. Yeah. Now, if that's me, I'm happy for that to be me, right? If that's my shit, that's my shit, but this is what I'm experiencing. And so this is what I'm telling you. So it's all about my experience, right? I'm not kind of judging you, um, but I'm being honest. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will find this difficult to hear, right? Yeah. I think 
I, I, it will trigger some people because they'll be like, no, no, you shouldn't do that, right? You should love people no matter what. And I'm not saying don't love them, right? What I'm saying is you have to, you, you have to be real and you have to be honest with people because compassion and consequence have to coexist. Yeah. Because at what point, if I just go, well, I love him to bits, you know, and I'll deal with it, whatever. At what point have I become an enabler? Well, that's right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the, the, the thing is really highlighting the impact. So it's not in judgment, but, but, but highlighting the impact because often too, too often it's sort of, it falls into the gray, doesn't it? Like you just sort of, you know, you make it about that person and that person is quite happy doing what they're doing often. Yeah. You know, not happy, but you know, they're just content with, um, you know, how they are soothing whatever they're going through. Yeah, I think that there has to be a level of um, relationship between you and the person as well. So if I look at when I was drinking, one of the big catalysts for me heading towards stopping drinking was when a friend of mine, Jonah, who I've mentioned before, I recently went out uh, and met up with, I was getting a payout for my foot and I was going to clear all my debt and it was supposed to be, you know, I'm only out of control and acting crazy at the moment because of where I find myself and when I get this money, I'll be able to clear my debt and then everything will be fine, right? And we were kind of, people around me were living that lie with me. And it was Jonah that said to me very clearly, um, you know, when you get that money, you won't clear your debt, will you? He was like, you'll, f you'll fucking blow it on drinking drugs. And I think he was probably the only person on the planet at the time that could say that. And I didn't get angry. Like I just heard him and I was like, fuck man. I may, I think I probably made a joke about it at the time, but then I went home and I was like, he's, I knew he was right. <laughs> I knew he was right. And then I do think that started the cogs turning of, I need to quit drinking before I get this money. Wow. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not saying it was the one thing yeah. that changed everything. It was like a series of events, yeah. you know? And that, that's, that, that, you know, that's an important point to highlight. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what got me to quit. It was like such a long series of events yeah. that led to where I was. What I'm hearing there, Josh, is sometimes it's not about showing them the fully, fully grown tree, but mm. just planting the seed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's the, definitely the, something the in that. The kernel, the seed of an idea that just you then took it, right? Because that's it. Because the thing is, if you plant it, um, you know, that seed of an idea or the impact of it will just kind of grow within that person. Yeah. If you try and convert them in that moment, it's not going to happen. In yeah. fact, it might kind of push them further in, you know, or further away. You know what, I think of a story, I'm not gonna say his name, but the friend of mine who I lost to suicide, he got sober with me, right? And then we did like 18 months of sobriety together and then he went back out drinking and we stayed in touch. I think for like the first couple of years, I was on my own journey of like trying to stay sober. So when he was drinking, I simply couldn't be around him, right? It wasn't, I couldn't do it for my own health my own kind of sobriety journey. But as time went by, um, I was always there for him from afar, saying, if you ever want support, if you ever want to change, and you know, I'll be there for you, I'm always here for you. Um, I, I always question if I could have done more when he was drinking. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could have. I don't know what I could have done for him when he was drinking. But what I do know is that, um, he arranged to meet me when he when he knew what he was going to do, and then he cancelled last minute. And I I, I believe he cancelled last minute because he knows I would have. I would have known something was up. Mm. So I don't know what you can learn from that. What what you know? What do you take from that? But the fact that I was willing to be able to see what he was going through was the very reason that he didn't come and see me. I believe that. So what I take from that is that when you're talking about addiction and when you're talking about people like with desperately deep trauma, some people, I don't think it matters what you do. Hmm. And if that wasn't the case, like I say, addiction wouldn't exist, right? Because yeah. we'd, we'd solve it. Yeah. And so wanting it, putting in the work, having the best friends in the world, sometimes that's not enough. Yeah. And we'll lose people. Yeah. And that's the worst part about this, about yeah. addiction. That is the worst part about addiction. Yeah. And that's not... Instagrammable or social mediaable, yeah, because you know people want answers, and if you do this, it, but that's the truth, yeah, and it's the hardest truth, I think. It's why some people with addiction can, yeah, you know, I'm not saying 
no, I'm not. Uh, this is an observation because I haven't yeah. gone for it. But you know, is is you you can see some people that just get it. It clicks. It feels like to me it it clicks for you. I'm not saying it isn't hard work, and and and, and you know, drinking gets replaced with other things. We've talked about that on this podcast yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. But I never I never have a fear that you're gonna fall back mm. with booze and drink. I, and that's just my own experience of you, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but then you do get people who've been sober for 10, 15 years and just, it's almost like they've stuck a plaster on, right? And and then it, and then they fall, you know? And so, you know, it's just, it just shows that people have, there is no linear journey with this, is there? No, there isn't. And life gets harder, mate. You know, and when I look at my own, it's nearly 11 years now. There was no, you know, when I was between two years and five years, I don't know if I'll ever be that sober again. What I mean by that is I don't think anything could have touched me then. You know, like mm. I did I did everything that I needed to do for my life. I was doing everything right. I was flying, you know, nothing, no crazy behaviors, no numbing out. I was literally riding the wave. And then life catches up with you again, man. And like I do, I look out at like sober, the sober community. And sometimes you can almost get envious of people that are like three or four years. In. Yeah, because yeah. and you and the, like the dark shadowy side of you wants to say, wait till you're fucking ten years. Yeah, because you don't know what you you, you you don't. And I remember people that were ten years used to say that to me when I was five years. Used to actually say it to me, you know. And used to be a little bit like fucking out, mate. You just need to do what I'm doing. So it does it does get like it doesn't get easier. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Yeah, it doesn't get easier. Yeah, like life. The complexities, because you're almost like born again when you get sober. Yeah. And then the complexities of new identity being created. Yeah. yeah. And then the complexities of life start to catch up back yeah. up with you again. And it's 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 fucking not easy, man. And 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 like if you look at like um you know Chester Bennington. Yeah. When you look at like his life, if you look at like the lyrics of the songs that he was singing 25, 30 years ago, look at the lyrics to crawling, right? Mm -hmm. People should go and look them up. Crawling in my skin, these wounds they cannot heal. Fear is how I fall. Yeah, confusing what is real. And then he talks about looking in the mirror and and all. Like, look at the lyrics, right? They, the reason they resonated with me when I was a child is because of what he was saying. You look at his last interview. If you ever get a chance to Google Chester Bennington's last interview, the interviewer is like, "Hey man, how's it going?" And he's like, "I'm not good, man. It's not. Good. I find in life really difficult at the moment, you know." And and it, like because it's Chester Bennington, the interviewer is like thinks, wow, this is fucking artistic gold, you know, these sensitive, but he was fucking saying it. Yeah. And, you know, he would, he had four kids and yeah. all of that stuff, you yeah. know? And so what's the difference between like him and somebody where I'm at at the moment, you know? I don't know, but it ain't something to do with me. That's really important for me to say. When people say, how did you get sober? And I see people do this all the time. I fucking wanted it. I put the work in, I did all of this, yeah. And fucking, I know loads of people that did that and they're dead. So and that, hmm. there's another magic ingredient and I don't know what that is. Hmm. I, I, nobody knows what it is. Hmm. I want to just ask you a question about, um, well, we sort of run over now. So um, this- We've got five minutes. Yeah. So something about creating the conditions, because you and I, we can talk about anything. Hmm. And we can like dive into really, 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 really vulnerable stuff, uncomfortable stuff. And we feel that I feel that we could probably, despite what I said, if I had to do something for somebody and I felt like I needed to have courage and leadership, I would do it. Mm. You would do the same. But a lot of people, you know, they haven't, they haven't done a lot of conflict. They worry about the impact of losing a friend. Uh, what's, what's the best ways to create some conditions? I, I, look, I think it's about them regular. I think it's about regularly creating them, not waiting until you think your friends fucked to start creating the space because they're already they're down, they're dark, they're in the darkness, man. And then you got to try and find a way in there because yeah. they've built up the walls. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you need to create them spaces regularly, like we do. You know, we jump, you know, we jump on Zoom and fucking download, and we check in with each other regularly. These things, yeah, they're simple things, but. They they fucking really really matter, and also I will say like you just what you just pointed out you don't have to almost go oh I'm gonna go a big big deep you know session now what happened was we were just catching up real quickly on a Friday I just felt really safe and I just I just sort of unfurled it all didn't I yeah. and it just all came out and I just needed to get it out and you just were like I don't even think you we didn't intend to kind of have a conversation like that. Um, 
but it's just what I needed. And I think we both took a lot away from yeah, that. And it, that's yeah. because there's no fixing. Exactly. Uh, honestly, the yeah. most important, do you know the thing that I think keeps me, people, me and most people quiet is they fucking don't want to hear your fucking solutions. Not when it's emotional stuff. Do you know, I know what I need to do, you know? My yeah. friend who, you know, he knew what worked. He knew what worked. Uh, like people know that, they don't need that. Not in that moment. People need you to just fucking listen. And one of the things I do in that, like the community space that I've got and everybody talks about it is it's just so nice to come in here and offload and not be given advice or a solution or why don't you try this? Just like offload and like, yeah, get it. How you feel makes sense, you know? And I think if you do that regularly, then you make people feel seen and witnessed. Mm. And I think that's important, but it's fucking too late when they're in the darkness. Yeah. It's too late when they're down that rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah? To yeah. then go, all right, let's fucking start trying to create a space. Well, it's I hope it's never too late for anyone. There's always hope, yeah? But but you should be doing it all the time. But what, you're, you're, you're making a point, which is don't don't wait. Yeah. Get in. Start creating them spaces yeah. now, yeah. Yeah. Don't have regrets. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, man. Wow. What a conversation. Mate, it was a good one. A very good one. I haven't got any reasons to be cheerful. We don't need it. <laughs> we don't after that. Honestly, that I, I fucking that was a good conversation, man. Yeah. All right. See uh, you in a couple we'll of weeks. See you in a couple of weeks. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Khan.